Well, hello everyone, Justin Bell here on Drive to Win, live from the Win Las Vegas. Uh, a busy weekend in the world of motorsports because it was the Austrian round of the Formula One World Championship. But we're feeling it here at the Win because it is, well, it's months away from the 22nd round of the Formula One World Championship. But when that weekend arrives, it will be time for the Heineken Silver Grand Prix of Las Vegas with the Win as the epicenter. So many people are reaching out saying, well, how can I get to watch the inaugural Las Vegas Grand Prix? Well, the best way is really go to the winlasvegas.com slash experiences slash F1. And there's something for everybody. You have the Paddock Club, the Win Grid Club, and then for, well, some very special people, you have the million dollar all access experience. And knowing the way the Win do things, it'll probably involve you being as close to the action as any other human is that weekend, other than being inside a race car itself. Well, this week I have a really cool, interesting old friend of mine. Uh, I hate to call him old, but Mark Sutton has been around in Formula One for 32 seasons. And if it's there to be seen or take a photograph, he has done it. So looking forward to getting Mark on the show. But what a weekend it was in Austria. It was another one of the sprint weekend formats, which means they have a very limited time on track to evolve and develop the car. It goes straight from one one practice session, then a qualifying for Sunday, and then Saturday they have a qualifying for the afternoon, and then they have a race on the Saturday, albeit 100 kilometers long, so a lot less distance than the main one. It was raining that day, which is a little bit wild. Uh, always brings some fun to the party, and Formula One was in great shape that day. Of course, Max won it uh, with Perez in Sergio Perez in second, but it was still a, a great race to watch certainly set the the table for the next day. But really, the story of the weekend in so many ways, and I got a lot of thoughts on it, was that of track violations. Now, if you're listening to the podcast, I'm pretty sure that you watched the race uh, on Sunday. Um, track violations, what are they? Well, the way racetracks are laid out, you have, obviously, a white line around the inside and the outside of the track with curbing. And a lot of that curbing goes out quite wide and it is possible for you to take your car outside the actual technical limits of the racetrack and the way Formula One or any race cars work, the wider you can make the exit, the more speed you can carry out of it. And when that happens, you get a penalty if all four wheels cross that white line. It was madness, actually. And on a track like the Red Bull Ring in Austria, it was there's a several factors that contribute to why that was so bad. A little bit about the track first. The Austriate Ring was how, the first name of this racetrack. It then became the A1 Ring. A lot of work went on it. And then when Red Bull founder Dietrich Mateschitz bought it, it really blew up into the circuit we saw now. It is so beautiful, set in the green hills. If you watched it on TV, you'll know it's it's a place made for, for motorsports in terms of the visual. But the track itself also brings some of the best racing of the year. The ability to overtake, it has just very few, only one real, one main DRS zone, but it allows for some great overtaking the way they come onto the brakes, the way they have these tight corners with fast exits. For some reason, it just suits Formula One. And the overtaking we saw that weekend was spectacular. But that wasn't the real story. The story was what was happening with track limits. 
we had 1,200, yes, that's 1,200 reported track limit violations. And uh, by the end of it, I think, how many did we have? 12 additional track limit penalties to eight drivers after after the race. And so many drivers, including some of the top ones like Sergio Perez, being knocked back and Carlos Sainz, being knocked back, not just in qualifying positions, but also during the race with five and 10 second, pen, 10 second penalties. Now, why is that happening? Well, let's get into it a little bit. You've got the corners, especially in the last two corners of the track, which is where nearly all the violations occurred, are very fast, off cambered, and momentum literally of these Formula One cars carries the cars out there. Now, you could say, well, that's simple. Just pull the car in a little bit. Just don't go so fast. You try telling that to a Formula One driver. They rely on momentum to carry their car out of the corner and get on full throttle as fast as they can. The way they upshift, it doesn't matter where they are in the corner. They can up and down shift. And it allows them to, to really carry so much momentum and lap speed is measured in the thousandths of a second. The drivers are complaining that they can't really see out of the car well enough to to gauge from the front wheel to the rear when they're crossing the white line. Now, there's a lot of discussion of how you should, uh, you know, how you should res- resolve that. Because as one of someone replied to a post I put on Instagram saying it was a great race, they said, yeah, but there were so many violations. It was a farce. Was it? Yeah, it made Formula One look a little bit ridiculous. It made the drivers kind of look like amateur hour. But in reality, they're pushing so hard. Their job is to take a car right to the absolute maximum. And in doing that, they're used to running right up against those lines. And maybe the line should be bigger, wider. They'd still use every bit of it. You're not allowed to put in what we call gravel traps. You've seen gravel traps on other tra- on other circuits. And they're very effective, but they're like a blunt instrument in achieving that. In the fact that if you catch a wheel in it, you're going in. If you go off in it, you are stuck. It enables cars to roll. But the real reason that they don't have these at the Red Bull ring is because it's also where they race MotoGP. And obviously, one of the biggest safety developments for, for MotoGP riders has been the absence and the you know retraction, if you like, of these uh, gravel traps. So you can't put that at the Red Bull ring. They also have, as Toto Wolff said, you know, the head of Mercedes Motorsport, They said he said, well, maybe a way to do is to bring back the sausage curbing they had. And that curbing, to be honest, was again a blunt instrument in, its, in trying to achieve something because when you hit it with a car, you could damage the car in a terminal way. You could have the most god-awful crash. It, it, it was just, it's just violent and nasty. Imagine having a curb that high when your car runs that far to the ground. It, it just a disaster. So I think that they're going to have to, my my opinion is they're going to not be able to tolerate drivers going over it because otherwise the drivers will just run to the edge of that. I think they're just going to have to accept that it is a feature of motorsport, Formula One racing, especially when you go to uh, to the Red Bull ring. And maybe the penalties next year, the drivers will just have to be more informed about it. Maybe the curbs will make a noise when they go on it. I mean, the white line maybe will go make a noise, which we get on on the roads here, especially in the States. So there's ways, really few ways to fix it, but it had a huge effect on the race. Even post-race, as I said, there were 12 additional track limit penalties dished out and a couple of the grid positions changed. So really, 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 really difficult. Um, 
So who were the movers and shakers at the Red Bull wing, ring? Max Verstappen was outrageous. He pushed it to a limit that we've never really seen before. And, uh, you know, in my opinion, he's just exercising and demonstrating his brilliance and he's, he's just getting better and better. His confidence is, is, if it needed going up, it's, it's now even at a higher level. And I think the telltale fact in that is with like two laps to go, he was saying, can we come in to put on a new set of soft tires so I can get one, the extra one point for fastest lap and the team are saying, no, you're, let's not bother. I mean, you've got a billion points ahead of anyone else. Why are we going to bother? Especially as Sergio Perez had held that uh, fastest lap to that point. But Max, he said, no, I want to come in, even though there's a risk, an, an air gun jack, uh, you know, one of the air guns jams on a wheel. Maybe there's a problem in the pits like that. And he could suddenly lose the race. But he was so confident with the the, the gap he had, the delta to the second car. Leclerc that he came in. Of course, he goes out and gets fastest lap by a phenomenal amount. And to me, that's just that's like stomping on the opposition's head when they're already bleeding and on the ground. So uh, there's nothing right now that is going to stop him. But remember, I talked a lot last week about the problems that Sergio Perez must be going through mentally. And right now, he needed a weekend that would restore his confidence. He was blindingly quick in qualifying for the sprint got bumped down to 50, uh, no, he finished second in the sprint, sorry. Uh, but on the for the qualifying for the Grand Prix, he got bumped down to 15th uh, with track limit violations. And in the race, he methodically picked people off, some brilliant overtaking, and ended up on the podium. So that was great to see. And you could just feel it, uh, especially me as a, a former driver, I could see the the relief in his face. Now he can start with the building blocks again to, to regain his place as, the, the strongest second driver in a re, in a car in the Formula One field, and he should be on the podium every time. Ferrari, I couldn't have been more happy. You know, I'm a big Ferrari fan. Um, he were they were third, uh, second, uh, obviously with Charles Leclerc overall. But for me, the story, the best driver for me of the weekend was Carlos Sainz. He was just magical. He was so aggressive. If you watch some of those overtaking maneuvers he put, he put on Lando Norris and Lewis Hamilton, he, it was just exciting. You could feel, um, you know, uh, Alec Jacks, who was my my guest just last week, the who was doing the commentary on Formula One Live. He was beside himself with excitement watching Carlos do those moves. It there's a side of it that I think is he's trying to really stamp his authority on the on the Ferrari team and also say, you know, by saying I am legitimately uh, the fastest guy here. Of course, his teammate would have something to say about that because over one night lap, Charles Leclerc is probably the fastest. But in the race, I thought Carlos Sainz was, it was just spectacular. And he really did deserve uh, to be right up there at the top. And it showed um, a lot of bravery too. And the commentary uh, commented on that. So, you know, a lot going on. Uh, in the race, just so much fun to watch. And it really is proving that even in, as we're sort of, like, what are we at? The quarter way mark in the Formula One championship. There's so much going on that it's not just about the Max Verstappen domination. It really is about the best of the rest doing what they're doing. And again, Alex Albon having a great race. It just, it just so much going on uh, that, that it's, it's really shaping up for a great season.
So now let's welcome our guest for this week. Um, I've known him, I think, forever. Uh, and if you watch the Grand Prix any weekend, you see him walking around, camera in hand. Now you'll know what to look for. But he started Sutton Images. Uh, he's co-founder of that. But it all started uh, for Mark as an 18-year-old. And there he was. Uh, he went along to a racetrack with a buddy and actually managed to capture one of the most iconic images of Martin Brundle and the what who would be the iconic and very famous Ayrton Senna having a wonderful crash together. I think it was Formula Ford. Anyway, suddenly it propelled him to the front pages of the newspapers and a career was born. Three decades later, he is still in Formula One and literally, if it's there, he is alongside it to take a picture. Mark Sutton, I am very happy to have you on Drive to Win, mate. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for the welcome. Thanks for the intro. Um, I was 18 years old, correct? That's amazing. <laughs> uh, it was actually my brother. It was, it was actually my brother. Um, my brother was out in Senna's photographer, um, and it was a Formula 3 race. Oh, um, so he's Senna for already. This was his third year working with Senna, who was obviously uh, in, in the UK. As you know, as yourself, <laughs> you you went through the ranks. Um, but uh, my brother said, go out the back. I, I, I'd never really... This was the first time actually using a camera. <laughs> and he said, go out the back and do the start somewhere else. And um, yeah, I think it was lap two or three. Senna just dived down the inside of Martin Brundle and yeah, landed on top of Brundle's car. Um, I had a camera that had basically a shutter that you had to wind the film on. So old school. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah exactly. Uh, it was black and white. Um but the memory, obviously, those pictures are are, are iconic. Um, the the obviously they landed on top of each other, so I've got them side by side. Then the next frame is when they're actually on top of each other. He's got out the car, and um, yeah, and they're obviously looking around the car. So the, yeah, those pictures. That was the battle of the year, and as you know, there's always these battles that go on in racing, and. Um, it was great to capture it, and that those pictures are still used. Nineteen eighty-three, so still, it's forty. I know it's forty forty years ago. Yeah. Forty you know, years ago, so crazy. To you know, obviously that's the introduction to you for our audience. But mm. it watching you at the weekend, and I could see. I mean, it's amazing. I see you at the weekends. Yeah. yeah, you're right there. You're right yeah. by the drivers. You're right in the the pit lane. You, I mean, every time you know yeah. Martin's doing a walk or something, I suddenly see you walking by, <laughs> and and it and yeah. obviously because I knew you were coming yeah. on as a guest, it made me mm. reflect on. Yeah how motorsport really is this very tight family, isn't it? We get, mm. we get all these yeah, yeah. newcomers, you know, arrive in and, and they come in in the marketing side and obviously the, the drivers and things are all young. Mm. But someone like you, who's been there 30 years, you've seen, seen it, it all, all. <laughs> and they still end up on top of each other, right? I mean, they can still do it um, to this day. Bloody hell. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I mean, obviously it, with our job, it's all about being in the right place at the right time. I mean, it's obviously lots of other elements. It's obviously on the right lens, the right exposure. Yeah, I've got some right pictures I'm going to roll right now. Let's see if we could yeah. the timing ones, yeah. guys. Yeah, we're going to roll while you do it. Carry on. Yeah, right place, right equipment. I mean, it's like it's like you know, in 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 just Austria that we've just come back from. You know. Again, it's always about being the right place. I was actually at turn three up in the grandstand at the top. So doing the start shot as they come out of turn one, the kink at turn two, then come up the top. I was actually in with all the fans and it was, it was actually great fun. You know, the fans, I mean, there wasn't, it was a mix of not Dutch, Dutch, Dutch on that corner. It was a mix of real, 
not just Dutch fans with flares and everything. It was a real mix of, yeah, of yeah. Lewis fans and and uh, you know not not just. So it was it was it was a really good atmosphere. I found two seats at the top of the at the top of this grandstand that were free, and I thought I'm having those. So I, I walked up from the. I was actually on the grid, believe it or not, and uh, got a shuttle bus up to that corner, and then went up in the grandstand and found those two spots. Met some really nice people. Did a little video on my Instagram. Um, and, and yeah, and, and the atmosphere and the, and the flares are part of it. Yeah. I don't like it when they throw them near the track because obviously no. that is a risk and, yeah. uh, it shouldn't really happen, but the flares are all part of it. Obviously on the podium, it was a bit of a nightmare as well. across and destroyed my pictures, but I mean, that's just part of it. You just got to go with it. I mean, at the end of the day, my job is about capturing moments in time, capturing that particular moment. Video, TV, as you know, just continually records. Yeah. I'm trying to capture a moment that's history. And as you know, I've sent you a load of frames of, of, of pictures from my yeah. career. I've captured that moment. Probably my most famous picture. Um, I'm not sure you, you want me to talk yeah, about Yeah, about guys, it now, if you I'm could bring up a couple of those it's, pictures. It's probably the Flying Finn yeah. by, by Mika, you know, by, by oh, Mika yeah. Hakkinen. Um, shot my second year in doing Formula One was 1993, so... Um, that, not that one, but no, that's a beautiful yeah. picture of a Lacey. That's, that's a testing in Portugal coming over the crest. You can see his eyes. This one, I call the golden moment that, that won me 5,000 pounds, um, from Warsteiner, the no. beer company. They use that in their ads. This is called the golden moment. This is, this is actually Lewis Hamilton's trophy. He's walking off the podium and the sun reflected for one frame only. Unbelievable. I've actually got, and I've actually got the, um, the other part of the trophy. Uh, do you, do you know what? So, so I'm that, gonna, that's I'm, the other side of it. That's crazy. I'm going to yeah. say to our listeners, uh, you know, and I mentioned at the top of the show, it's a very visual show today, everybody. So head over to YouTube. Yes. If you're listening on Spotify, it's worth going to the YouTube channel to, to check it out. But, yeah, yeah. but those moments, Mark, you must know, right. You've been doing it long enough. You, you go, it. that was it. Yeah. I know I got that. Right, mm. you just feel it in your stomach. Well, with, with, I mean, the flying fin. To just to give you an example, how the flying fin. I've just uh, we're actually doing a book at the moment with Motorsport Images, which is going to be seventy-five years of Formula One. I've just explained to one of the journalists, uh, Anthony Rollinson, about that shot. And what happened was, I was doing a pan shot on that corner. I heard a screech of the brakes, looked up, and he jumped over the curb within like microseconds. I kept my finger on the button, didn't refocus, didn't do anything, and. He landed, went up in the air, landed on the ground, went back to the pits. Did I looked round to all the other photographers? Did anybody get it? And we all went. I didn't get it. I didn't get it. And I thought maybe I've got something. I'm not really sure. Yeah. Then we processed the film yeah. overnight. Came back the next morning. Looked on the light box, and my brother goes, "Oh my oh. god! Oh my god! That's it! It's seventy five foot in the air, or whatever. It's six foot yeah. in the air." And um, every all the other photographers came over, and the picture is pin sharp. And it's one twenty-fifth of a second, which is really low. And it's pin sharp only on that frame. So three frames, one in the air, one right at the top, and then one landing. And then we processed that. We went and got three prints made. I went over and showed those to Mika. They were done like within an hour. I mean, and then the engineers came over and said, we noticed it's uh, uh, like a blip on the telemetry. And we didn't know why. And it wasn't on TV. (laughs) Your picture proves this. Who's that? And then Mika signed my photo. Mika Hakkinen, the flying fin. And that's why he's called the flying fin because of my photo. So yeah. And then that picture, probably one of our most used or most yeah. sold pictures uh, in the archive, to be honest, because it's such a spectacular shot. Yeah. It's very famous. And yeah. obviously there's many, many more many, as you many can more. see here. But, but, but yeah, but let's, let's go yeah. into that a bit. Now we, 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 
look at motorsports with all that, you know, the fact that it is dangerous and that is part of yeah. the gladiatorial appeal of it, you know, um, yeah, yeah. you, you have been, you've been there for some of the worst moments in our motorsport history. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. and Senna's, crash, Senna's yeah. crash and yeah. at Imola, I mean, really yeah. difficult moments. I was on moments. the next corner. Were yeah. you really? Mm. Well, we'll talk about that in a sec. I was, but, at, I was at, I was at, I was at Toza. Yeah, I was at Toza. Yeah. I mean, yeah. what what really gets me going is that you know I know that when you you take that shutter, you're just doing your job, and I know you're you're absorbed yes. in the moment. Is it only yeah, yeah. after does it hit you in the gut and you go, "Jeez, I could have mm. seen." I think I just captured something yeah. monumental. I mean, I've never really taken any anything of where someone's fatally been injured or okay, fa yeah, fatally, yeah. fatally hurt. So that's that's no, not really me. And to give you an example, the the Senna incident that happened, obviously, it was in the previous corner, as we know at Tamburello, and obviously, I couldn't even see it from there, but I knew something had happened. A flag came out, and obviously, the helicopter landed. Some of my colleagues actually went to the incident. I I I didn't really know what had happened. Yeah. It was all on Italian on on the on the on the um the uh, headphones. Sorry, the uh, speaker system around the track. So you didn't really know what was going on in those days. And I didn't I didn't go to the. Some people did go to the incident. Obviously, got him being carried out the car on the mm -hmm. track and all that. The the one thing I that sticks in my mind and still does from that particular moment, which is haunting, really. Is is when he goes up in the helicopter, the whole crowd, the tifosi. Remember, they're all Italian fans. They all clapped, and it, it was for me. It's haunting, and it's in the film. It's in the Senna film. You don't hear the clapping, but mm. you see the helicopter. And it's it's haunting, and for me, that was. You have a picture actually. I've sent you is the one of Schumacher and Senna. Senna's leading Schumacher. That is coming out of the press conference on the morning before the race. So they had a they had a driver's briefing wow. before yeah. the race because of Roland Ratzenberger's crash and it, obviously tragedy that happened with Roland, who was also a good friend of mine uh, from from living very close to Toaster where we were mm. based. So, um, But the Senna, you look at this, that picture of with, with Brundle, sorry, with Schumacher, walking down the pit lane. So they avoided all the paddock yeah. and went down the pit lane. I followed them down. And you can see um, Bacchisi, so Senna's secretary or PA, was, who's married to Patrick Head, is in the background of the picture. She was the PR officer for Senna, and she's in the background. You look at Senna's eyes, and it's like he doesn't want to race. It, it, for me, that picture tells an amazing story. And God. I think I'm the only one that got that photo. As he, as he, I followed him down the pit lane, because all the reporters and TV were waiting down the paddock. So they decided to avoid them, and I, I I could see it happening. And sometimes you have a little bit of a knowledge that's what's going on, and you, and you know, doing it for so long, you know how things work uh, with, with these guys. And uh, that 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 photo for me, that was probably my last. I wasn't on the grid for for the for the for all the grid stuff that went on. I, I was okay. literally down. I had to walk down to Toza, but but that photo from the driver's briefing, which was in the tower, the tower is still there, as you know, probably yeah, in Imola. Yeah. Um, as you leave the pits, um, but yeah, Wild. very, very, very haunting photo. Haunting, yeah. and you, you uh, were there. Well, well, we'll come back to some yeah. of the other pictures in a minute. I mean, let's talk. You just got back yeah. from Austria. Uh, I've got to say, <laughs> uh, uh, Sunday yeah, the, was obviously a bit more. Uh, Sunday was a bit there's more. The there's tabard. your press. Ah, there it is. Yeah, saw you in the that. Tabard, yeah. Um, and uh, I've got yeah. Go on. Carry no, on. I was going to say. You, Carry on. Yeah. Obviously, Sunday was a yeah. bit more fun to be out there than Saturday in the rain. 
Um, but I prefer the rain. Oh, you do? Really? To be honest. Well, because because it creates more incidents. It creates more. For for me, I think qualifying in the rain, races in the rain. I I think it gives other, other opportunities. You know, you think about Albon, and Albon's been performing incredibly well yeah. this year. But also a lot of the other drivers. You know, they're, they're amazing in the wet, and it, it creates incidents but it also creates opportunities yeah. you know like we saw george yeah. try to try to get on those slicks and tries to come through the field and a lot of other drivers also tried it just wasn't a long enough race in the end but if that had been the main race it could have been very different you know so i i think and Bert, Bert, bernie eccleston always wanted to have this sprinkler system where he turned on he, he yeah. could turn on the rain whenever he wanted <laughs> which i think was a great idea and they have it they actually he owned the, the racetrack, as you know, in Paul Ricard, and they have a sprinkler system there for testing and they can turn it on. So, yeah, his thoughts were to turn on the, the sprinklers. But I think wet races, I mean, we don't always want wet races because of the danger. And we know, obviously, tragically, somebody passed away in, in Spa and we know, you know, it, it can be an issue there. So we don't want those sort of situations to happen. But in terms of creating a great race and creating interest and, 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 and the fans are there as well to, to see that. And TV obviously captures some great moments. And I got some great pictures, you know, the, the battle into that first corner with Max oh, and yeah. with, with Checo oh, coming yeah. into that first corner, you know, when they, they followed each other down into one, two, three, four, you know, all the way around the track. And that was caused really by the rain. And, 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 and then I, I was just laughing on the grid when it started to rain and they got out, they got out these hot, gazebo things that go over the cars you know it's, it's all it all becomes very manic and everyone's it, it becomes, rushing around and it's it comes crazy. like a very expensive and, formula ford yeah. race at alton park suddenly doesn't it it's like they're all running around but you know uh, yeah. it, it was yeah so it was chickens you are you're there you're you know it is your world mm. and you know yes. the energy of the what you know what i think drives five did very well what the pre pre-race show does an hour and a half 19 minute pre-grid show now i mean we used to get like 10 minutes and a and time for you know time for the race but I know. It, it really helps yeah. all us as viewers you know mm. especially here in you know the global yeah. audience in, and of in course. america really understand helps it all understand yeah. it all but you feel yeah. there's yeah. something that can't come across easy and that is the energy sh that shifts in the paddock the mm. way a driver walks yeah. like a Perez yeah. when he's walking going, if I don't get yeah. my finger out yeah. my ass, I am in, I've got a yeah. problem coming up. You, yeah, let, yeah. you know, mm. you, you feel all that, right? You, you see Lance, you yeah, might see you interactions. See you see it all. You are the one that yeah. sees it. I mean, some, talk to us some about drivers, that, you know, what they, you're noticing right yeah. now. I mean, some drivers, they're on the grid and they, they leave immediately. Or they, or they, some of them, I don't even watched it, but they, they come onto the grid and some of them are getting out of the car even before they've even been starting wheeled down. Mm. All they want to do is they don't really want to do interviews. I mean, it, it just puts them off, I think, but obviously some of them have to. Yeah. All they want to do really is get in the zone. I mean, I'm amazed that none of them ever stay in the cars, but they have to do the national anthem. Yeah. But I think if they yeah. could, they would stay in the cars and stay in the zone because I think sometimes the drivers are distracted by other things that are going on and all they want to do is focus on the job and the, the job is to get obviously the start first of all and then get into that first corner you look at I've, I've just been watching the race a little bit and Yuki Tsunoda that first lap wow he's like he really is like a kamikaze isn't he yeah. <laughs> going down. but but his movement is is, is is overtaking even though he had a damaged wing was incredible even after the damaged wing going into turn three you know where I was um and then obviously into four, he just came in too hot, didn't he? But yeah. he was on the outside trying to, and he had that damage. You know, you can see that the drivers 
push so much. I mean, it's difficult to get into the mindset of the drivers, but they are really focused on the grid. I mean, they don't really want to be doing interviews. And well, doing, uh, well, I can I mean, relate to that. Obviously, I, I can we, relate you know, to that. Going on to Miami, what we saw, what we saw in Miami, it distracted them way too much. They were just waiting around doing nothing. You know, it, I mean, what they did in Austria was great. They tried something in Austria where they they come over these steps and they're introduced and they, they had the they had the, the music that they like, which is in their iPods, which went on to the the sound system, and that was quite nice. It was quick. Yeah. Then into the drivers' parade. Yeah. I mean, not even that. Some of the drivers don't even like the drivers' parade, but I think it's great interaction. I like it when both drivers are in the car because you can see <laughs> you can see who. They start. They start to almost interact, and one will start waving, and the other has to wave. You know that yeah. sort of situation goes on, um, and that's nice. I, I don't like the drivers when they're on their own. I like it when they're two drivers together, personally. But uh, I thought what they did in Austria was great, and it's a great step in the right direction. Not Miami, but something you know, something a bit less less glam, as you could say, yeah. or less you know over the top. But um, yeah, it was good. I think what they did there was great. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, you know, I, I, I know from personal experience, even at my lowly level mm. and, you know, the demands when you, <laughs> you just want it, you're like, God, I just want, I just want to sit oh. in the car. I, I don't want to talk to everyone, but the trade-off is it's now the, the wealthiest mm. sport in the world. Yeah. It, it, you've got so yeah. many races. The drivers are getting paid unprecedented amounts of money. The sponsors mm. the teams have, mm. so the drivers have to play along. Unfortunately, yeah. it is. I, I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, that's the that what, is the that a, is yeah, the bargain a, with the devil. Yeah, I agree. One thing I did see, I, I I saw a different Max in Austria. I I thought he was a lot more chilled and relaxed. Mm. I mean, I did the press conferences every day, so and I could I, I listened to his the way he's talking, and I just felt like he was a bit more chilled. To be honest, I didn't because normally he's got this really sort of cold. And doesn't want to say much, and, and but I think that obviously he did this thing beforehand with the monster truck and everything, yeah. and he yeah. wanted to, he wanted to actually talk a bit more about the monster truck, but but Tom Clarkson cut him short. And he said, "Well, I'd like to say a bit more," but he, anyway, carried on to the next question. But you can see Max was a bit more relaxed and a, a, and a bit more out of his shell. To be honest, I thought I thought he was really he was more. I mean, I'm, I'm talking with my hands now, but he was talking a lot more with his hands. And I've got some pictures that, you know, they're in the press conference where actually he, he talked to Perez away, f even though Charles Leclerc was talking to the to the live on TV, mm. they were talking separately. And you don't you don't see that, but I can take the pictures, obviously. Yeah. It lo probably looks yeah. like I'm shooting Charles Leclerc, but I'm actually shooting Perez and uh, Max talking together. Mm. Uh, and there were an and eight came up, eight came up for some reason. I don't know whether that meant... He went off eight times, or Checo went off, or, or they were talking about um, Carlos. Yeah, because I, I think Carlos went off eight yeah. times, didn't he? So he got yeah, those second yeah, penalty. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So th that was the eight, maybe I don't know. So I, I've got him doing an eight symbol. So yeah, all those things that you see uh, certainly in the press conference. I, I remember Senna uh, back in the nineties as well. I mean, he used to. He was so clever. He didn't say a lot, but he was thinking in his mind what he was going to say before he said it. If mm. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think. Um, um, Max seems to just come out with it now at the moment. I mean, he's he's really, he really more that, open. I mean, he's I, only I one billion and... points in the lead, so I think he's, <laughs> he probably knows his his stuff. But guys like that, champion for the next three years, champion, probably. Yeah. To be it, honest, he's going if he booked it like mileage on an airport, uh, you know, with Delta, he could, you yeah. know, he's like a gold member forever, isn't he? He'll well, just I think keep he, winning. I, I think he'll be five times world champion. I, I mean, I, I said that. After, before this year, to be honest, because the think. car is just in a different league. To yeah. be honest, it's gonna I mean, the others are catching up, and I know, I know, there's this cost cap situation, and also, 
obviously the penalty that they've got. So we'll see what happens in the next. But the upgrades on these cars, you need to get close to a car to see it in real detail. But it, they are incredible are machines. They, really? they are unbelievable. Yeah, the curves on now the bodywork, you know, around the engine cover, they're so they're so tight as well. And the, there's hardly any radiators in there. All about the aero. All about the aero under the car, over the car. Um, and I don't know whether you know, but I took the pictures of Perez's car in Monaco when it got crazy. Yeah. Uh, those were my yeah, pictures that. that were pretty much used around the world. And all the engineers from all the other teams were studying. And if you actually look at the detail of, and the underneath and where the aero goes, it is mind-blowing. And when you match that with the, the, the DRS and also the, all the aero going in through the nose and all the pipes, and there's so much stuff under the bonnet as well of those cars that we don't see obviously when the cars are going round. Um, but then when you look at the Williams, the Williams is so basic underneath. So if they had that extra performance and extra air, amazing what Albon could be doing. You know, he could be yeah. top six quite a lot of the races, you know, and he's certainly got the, the talent. And it's 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 a bit sad to see him there in Williams, but it's similar to what George was doing, wasn't it, for, yeah. for three years. So I, I'm, um, I'm, I'm hoping that he will get, get us... Yeah, I'm yeah, gonna venture from- that I'm gonna venture, mate, that that picture of the underside of Perez's car is maybe the most looked at, analyzed by intelligent men and women around the world than any other <laughs> picture of yours. Because you know, every engineer, it was Christmas yeah. for every other team to look yeah. at, but they well, still have to know what else. I, I, you know what happened there? So I, I was actually at Tobacco on the other side, and I just heard a, a bang. And, and then I spoke to the marshal. The marshal said, oh, I think Checo Perez has gone. I said, where is he? He's on the other side. So I literally go under the tunnel, came up, and there's the car there right in front of me. And he's nice. just getting out the car, shot it. No, at the first, he, he's just getting out the car. Then he got into the medical car. The next minute, up it goes. And I'm thinking, wow, this is this is going to be nice. Because is- <laughs> uh, it's the dream car to shoot. You know, all right, Ferrari's good. The other yeah. teams are great. But that's the car that everyone wants to see, as you said. Um. Let's bring up some of your other legend uh, pictures because I put them in a, in a the, the ones you sent me. You sent me some beautiful shots to look at. I but, know, but great history. You, yeah. the, you've been privy to some of the best drivers in the world, the most interesting ones. I mean, and a shot yeah, like my- this, Michael Schumacher. <laughs> that, I mean, look, there's him with Vettel. They're going to loop yeah. through, but what does it make? you feel when you yeah. analyze everyone watching this a picture of a young Sebastian Vettel and this, well, this is, is the shot yeah. and Senna with Michael Schumacher yeah, this is the shot. yeah. that yeah. is Down crazy yeah. please everyone yeah. listening to this crazy, go yeah. to go to the, the yeah. YouTube and watch it Senna around the corner yeah. I mean beautiful moments that you yeah. captured yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah do you feel this privy? is a great moment oh, isn't this, that great yeah. Lewis 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 used this one. That's that's when uh, that's when that's when um, Lewis got pole position in Australia, um, and obviously Nick, Nicky was was a big part of the team, big yeah. part of Lewis's career. He's the one that really brought Lewis to Mercedes. Um, and obviously, Lewis dominated for for yeah. those years yeah. with yeah. a car that's the car, not just the car, but the setup of the team. As we know, with Michael, was a similar thing with Jean Todd when Jean Todd went to Ferrari. He brought that team of people in like uh, Ross Braun, Rory Byrne, uh, lots of people from not just from the UK, but a team of of experts, as you could say, to build Michael this car and build the team together to create those amazing victories and, uh, and obviously championships. Yeah, yeah. And the same things happened for Lewis. And, and now you can see the fruition, fruitions for, 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 for Red Bull. You know, yeah, they've, the wait, they've waited. Yeah. I mean, new, new is... is, is 
he's he's old school and he's, as you know he still writes in a in a, in a pad like i do <laughs> and uh, there's no money on there don't worry and anyway it, uh, everyone writes on a pad and, uh, and that's the way it is but I, i'm still i'm obviously using computers now and it's all more more technical but adrian's still got his notepad <laughs> i tried to take some pictures of it in one of the races he's he's got his leather briefcase and he's trying to hide it away from me but <laughs> yeah. i wanted to see what he was writing but every race, he's looking at the cars. He's looking at every car on the grid. It's amazing to watch him. You know, he's down, he's looking at the Aston, he's looking at the Ferrari, and he looks at every car because he thinks maybe I'll find a little bit of something in another car that might work on my car. So that's how it works on the grid. It's quite open on the grid. You can literally wander up and down. I mean, some I, I had this great moment where there's a red, quite an old Red Bull mechanic, and he followed. Literally, was following a Ferrari mechanic, and he followed them down together down the down down around the car. It was quite a funny moment. <laughs> but Adrian knew he is now the he's back. He was there in the nineties when it was when it was when when, the, when aerodynamics was allowed in those days and then it was banned the cars were raised a lot higher and no aero could go under the car really but now the new cars with these diffusers and underneath the trays underneath are just it's incredible what they can do under these cars yeah. and make the car stick to the ground you know and obviously that link with the drs and like i said before lots of other things yeah so it's <laughs> it's it's become very technical and and obviously like you said they need these shows to explain a little bit about you know Obviously, the upgrades, they're bringing so many upgrades every race now. And they'll get to a point probably where they'll stop and they'll start working on the 24 car. But um, I think going probably up to the end of the European season, I think because they can bring the parts very quickly. So that's the reason we've got all these upgrades is because race to race, they're, they're working on them back at the factory, but they can arrive within a day. But when we start to get outside Europe, it takes as many upgrades. But yeah. Well, obviously, well, we're now at Silverstone. There's going to be loads. Yeah, loads, sure. loads of upgrades. Um, who was the driver you loved to shoot the most? Who was like, come on, Mark? He who let you closer, like, oh, like God. the Mick Jagger and his photographer? Oh, you know, because yeah. because has he got harder? Yeah, Are the new generation <laughs> harder? Are the new generation tougher? Yeah, I mean, look. Justin Lewis Lewis loved us in the beginning then he hated us <laughs> there's a period where he didn't want us to take pictures he wanted control of the pictures so just to give you a bit of an insight and then he got a management company they've now done this sort of deal with designer brands and he walks in the paddock now parading you know I love your shots and, and he, I love and your he, shots on a on yeah. at the beginning of the weekend <laughs> like oh my god you'd have to be a seven-time world champion what, to wear he, that bloody <laughs> outfit wouldn't you but he's getting paid. <laughs> he's getting paid for each post. So he's not stupid, is he? I mean, his management company have done this deal with whoever Dior or Louis Vuitton Dior, or whoever, Dior. whichever brand Dior. Yeah. So whatever brand, you know, they'll pay him to have. And he, he literally walks in now and just parades down the like a catwalk, you know, every race. Whereas five, ten, five, six years ago, he was hiding away. I mean, I remember one race at Silverstone. He came with a helmet in through the gate. <laughs> swipe gate like like the stig <laughs> he came for the swipe gate so yeah he's, he's a changed man but lewis is great to photograph he, he loves having his picture taken now um i mean most of the drivers are very very open very love to have the picture taken um i mean they're not to the, the, the state of lewis where they're wearing designer brands i mean um the chinese guy um joe obviously Guangzhou, he's he's got a deal with i think dior or one of the brands and that's really good news for him. And he's creating his own clothing. I think there's a range coming that, that's going to come out in China. So maybe we'll have a Chinese Grand Prix 
Yeah. Next year, we'll see. But uh, it's been on the calendar for the last three years, as we know. But it's a huge market we can't really miss out on, to be honest. China China's a massive market. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what happens with the new calendar for next year. Yeah. But uh, yeah, are you, are you excited? Um, are you excited? Drivers... Sorry, I was going to say, are you excited to come to Go Vegas? On, you excited to come to Vegas? Yeah. Well, as you know, I'm coming. I'm coming out in the summer, which is yeah. probably not a good idea. But I'm, I'm coming for a little bit of a holiday. I've never been to Vegas, so okay. I want to come and have a look, experience Vegas for a little bit. I want to see the track. I want to see um, the facilities they've put in. I'll take some pictures, but I'm not coming on a professional level. I'm just yeah. coming to enjoy myself, really. But yeah, the track itself, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a street track, but obviously we're going to have all these lights. We're going to have the glamour. It's going to be a 10 o'clock race at night. It's going to be a Saturday race, which is going to be very unusual. And it's going to be the first time I think I've ever shot a race on a Saturday, which is going to be very different. But yeah, I'm looking. I, I, I love America. I love the people in America. I love the enthusiasm. And they've really hooked into the Formula One. I mean, you know, they, they, I think they fell out with it a little bit in Indianapolis. And obviously, we had the problems there. And then obviously, a few problems also in Austin. But it's back. You know, Drive to Survive is is is, is certainly enhanced um, enhanced everyone's, you know, love for the sport. And um Watch this space because you might see me me in it soon. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, you never know. <laughs> Top secret. <laughs> anyway, yeah. British, um, yeah. So this I mean, weekend, yeah, this weekend, exactly. British Grand Prix. I I yeah. just wish I was there. My dad's going with my brother Sebastian. You can stay in your own in? bed. Oh, yeah, yeah, they come. Yeah. You'll see him there in the BRDC and everything. But yeah. um, I couldn't make it. Excellent. I haven't made it for years. But there's something uh, special. <laughs> about the British Grand Prix, isn't it? They're, the fan, yeah. the partisan support. I mean, Lando, Lewis. Lewis is used to, he's won it so many times, but for Lando, I bet it blows his yeah. mind to walk in there and, and feel 200,000 people. Yeah. I like, mean, it, it's great. I, I think I think now it's not just about Lewis. It's about Lando. It's about George. And and also Alex Albon, because yeah. I know he's, t- he's a bit a mix of Thai and English, but yeah. you've certainly brought up. And all these a lot of these drivers also remember raced in England, Race, raced in Europe as well. So people know them very well. But obviously Lewis is huge. It always has been. And obviously the victories there are legendary. You know, the crowd surfing and, you know, oh, yeah. carrying the flag, winning that race with the flat tyre. And, you know, it's, it's legendary. Obviously, Nigel, when you think about all the champions that we've had, the British champions that uh, that have won at Silverstone as well with, with Damon and Nigel and obviously all the, the past guys, you know, Jim Clark and Graham and all those guys, you know, it, it, it's a legendary track, as you could say. Mm-hmm. It's, it's evolved. Obviously, with a new with a new pit complex, first corner, and that, that all that new bit, but uh, it's one hundred and forty five thousand on race day. It's 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 immense. It's the passion. They're there at five five o'clock in the morning. The whole track, as you know, for the general spectators, is completely full before all the other spectators arrive to go in the grandstand. So yeah, they all want to get their, their their prime spot around the track, and and that hill. There's the hill that overlooks the podium. And sort of into the last corner, that's where a lot of people go now. There's this massive big hill where there's about 10,000 people, I think, uh, all watching. And it's great. I mean, obviously, we're going to have great weather as well, by the way. No rain, I don't think. <laughs> I'm hoping. Anyway, well, you uh, just it jinxed like- it. You just jinxed weather. the whole bloody oh, thing. No, yeah, no, you did. You did. England can, we can produce rain at the top of a hat anyway listen mark bernie again with the, with the tap <laughs> bernie with the tap hey it's so we could talk for hours actually and we'll get you on again we could, yeah. uh, maybe the week of the yeah. grand prix when My you're pleasure. here in vegas you come in the studio and and show us your oh, gear lovely, and yeah. what you do Anytime. um yeah uh, yeah yeah sure sure I, thanks thanks for doing what you do it's so so in 
in There's lightning. There's my pass, by the way. I just want to show you. There's my pass. Look, I'm collecting the grid. There's my grid stickers from this year. Ooh, those... <laughs> All piled up. I'm going to collect the whole lot in that pass. That's uh, my pass for the season, yeah. Uh, I've got my application my in right pass. now. Your 30-second pass. I've got, you agree? Yeah, <laughs> I got it in, you know, because obviously what we're doing here is is pretty cool. Yes, of course. And, yeah, uh, yeah. We'll do that. Awesome. Mate, I'll see you down the road. We'll stay in touch. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thanks right. very much. Take Cheers, care. guys. Well done. Bye-bye. Well, obviously, really fun having uh, Mark on the show. Um, and certainly, now you've seen his face, as I said, go to the YouTube uh, version of the show uh, to catch those images and, and see his. But you'll see him there with his camera right behind everyone. Very, very cool. Let's talk British Grand Prix. Uh, Max, obviously, unassailable right now, uh, heading in there with 229 points ahead of the 148 for Perez. So the championship, it is what it is. But like, we just talked about there's so much going on with everybody else throughout the field that it really is creating, in my opinion, one of the most exciting rest, best of the rest situations that we've ever seen. And everybody is, is positioning themselves, especially with the upgrades on what they can bring. They, they tried them uh, in Austria. They're going to refine them in, in the Silverstone. We've got four races in five weekends. So much going on. Because the British Grand Prix held at Silverstone, I mean the the way that what the British Grand Prix means for 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 the British fans is something very special, and and Britain has had to really fight to hold on to the Grand Prix over the over the last few years. Um, now, of course, the British Grand Prix first one was held in 1926, but it's been run consecutively since 1946. And you heard me mention the BRDC, the British Racing Drivers Club. Uh, I'm a member of that. It's very honored to be a member of that. Uh, you have to sort of achieve something in racing, either on the, the team side uh, or as a driver. And that's a very unique situation that they own the track. Uh, and the celebrities that'll come out for it, I mean, saw Gordon Ramsay on the grid in Austria, but that's nothing compared to the number of people that'll make the grid there. Uh, it'll be a great race because it is a incredibly fast track. It has... The long hanger straight down the back provides great overtaking opportunities, especially with DRS. Um, and of course, we mentioned it, the popularity of our big British drivers means that you can hear the crowds above the roar of the cars. And I always find that is something very special. I am especially interested to see how McLaren do this weekend. I think seeing on the pro building on the promise uh, of, of how they performed in Austria, I think you're going to see something pretty special there with their upgrades. And it's no one's going to catch Max for a while. But you know what? If you just keep putting the pressure on from behind, it in, even in the pits, they can the mechanics feel it, and maybe a little mistake will happen here or there. It's kind of the only chance anyone really has. I'm sitting here inside the Win Las Vegas, and it is still build-up time. It is months away, but with the Formula One cars that are on display here, the most beautiful road cars are at different parts, supercars, hypercars all around the casino. You can tell it's something special brewing here. And remember, with the Concours at the Wynn Las Vegas, that is on the Saturday, exactly seven days before the green flag here for the Heineken Silver Grand Prix in Las Vegas. We've got car collections, concept cars, some of the most important vehicles in the history of the automobile will be here. We're trying to get some very cool movie cars in here. Obviously, with electric being one of the hot buttons right now, we have EVs on the site as well as hyper and supercars. It couldn't be more exciting. And that is an event that you certainly can come along to. So follow along at lasvegasconcourse.com 
and see the various ways you can attend that event. Well, thanks for watching. I can't wait for the British Grand Prix. I just wish I was there. It's one of those ones that, well, actually a lot of them I feel like that about. But the British Grand Prix, my home track in many ways, and I'm going to watch it like you are on Sunday on the TV. Thanks for watching Drive to Win, guys, and I will see you next week.